I know he's been good. I know he's a good God. I know he's answering your prayers. You just got to praise him. You got to praise him. You got to praise your way out of whatever you're going through. Give him the glory and all the praise. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now turn around and shake somebody's hand and hug their neck. Tell them I bless you in the precious name of Jesus. God bless you, girl. Love you. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Bless you, buddy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless you, brother. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. We're so glad you're here tonight. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We welcome you. Anybody visiting us for the first time? We want to welcome you. Anybody at all? Anybody visit? Yeah, I met you. Okay, first time. Anybody else? First time? Hey, welcome. Welcome you too. We're glad to have you. You too. Good to have you tonight. Anybody else for the first time? Hallelujah. We're glad you're here. We bless you. Got, just got a few announcements. The Christian's Couple Connection, young at heart and single with a testimony, are meeting at Ryan's Family Steakhouse, August 14th, uh, 6.30. Where's Ryan's Family Steakhouse? Oh, you're talking about the pig trough. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. I got you now. <laughs> so it's not far mountain anymore. Oh, they done changed. Man, I tell you, every if they change their menu like their name, man. Okay, so now you know. Get a brochure, and, and uh, it's right down the road there by Walmart, and uh, you'll have a good time. So make sure you get a brochure on that. That'll be on the calendar this Sunday where we'll have our calendars done. Don't forget. Uh, okay, let me tell go. Tomorrow night is ladies' mentoring. All the ladies are welcome. They always have food from all over the world or this and that and the other and good Bible study. And so uh, you just come. Everybody's welcome. Just come and have a good time. Uh, water baptism. We, we just praise God for all those souls uh, uh, that, that's been getting saved. And we have a water baptism for this Sunday. And it's going to be an awesome time. And then college and career ministry. Uh, games, fun, and Bible study. Man, this is awesome. Sister Joy Massey, you can see her. It's going to be Monday, August 3rd uh, at the park behind Beulah Lake. So uh, we're, we're just excited. And the youth came back from uh, camp, and they are fired up. And, and they were here at intercession, some of them, last night, and they are ready to go. And then uh, Friday, August 17th, men, we're having our men's meeting. But this men's meeting, we've been blessed. We have a whole section roped off at uh, the ACES Place, and we're going to be having, not Ace Hardware, but Ace Ball Place. And we're going to be going, we're going to be meeting there at 6.45 or 6.30 uh, to go watch the ball game. Brother Bob's got us all kind of tickets, and uh, you want to bring your son, bring them. And uh, that's going to be, uh, we're supposed to meet at 6.30 to go in at 6.45. Be there at 6.45, and we're going to go in there, and it's going to be a good time. So we're excited about that. So men, uh, it's one of the last games, so we want to be there. And uh, I believe it's, is it this Sunday morning? This Sunday morning, we've got a, a new study on foundations class. I want to invite everybody. Uh, the, the eight uh, important things to grow by, the eight Christian growth factors, uh, faith, moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, patience, godliness, kindness, and love. And it's all taken out of Second uh, Peter uh, 1, 5 through 7. And we're going to have this workbook. We want to encourage you to come. 
It's going to be good. So it's going to be real good. So make sure you come Sunday and uh, at 9 o'clock and get foundation. We need the foundation of the Word of God. And so we encourage you about doing that. And then Sister Flo will be continuing when she gets back from her trip. And uh, we just appreciate what God is doing. I want to read to you tonight in Psalms chapter 101. Psalms chapter 101. And I want to just encourage you with this. Psalms 101 verse 3. And I love the living Bible here. It says, I will set, this is the living Bible, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. Repeat that with me. In the name of Jesus, say with me. In the name of Jesus, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. And then it goes on to say, I hate the work of those who fall away. You know, so many times, you know, what, what do we, we don't hate the people, but we hate the work or the fruit of them falling by the wayside and maybe going to a life of sin. But I love what it says here in the Living Bible. It says, it shall not fasten its grip on me. Say that with me. It shall not fasten its grip on me. The uh, New King J, I mean the uh, Amplified says, it shall not grasp hold of me. This whole chapter is something awesome for you to start your morning off with. That I will lay no wicked thing before my eyes, or as it says here, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. And that could even be something negative. That could even be, you know, so many people start their day off with the paper. And, you know, if you are already on the negative side, you need to start your day off with the word of God. Because it's life. That paper's death. And it says, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. And it talks about, I, it will, things of the world, it shall not fasten his grip on me. Then uh, you go back to verse 2. It says, I will give heed to the blameless way. When will you come to me? David's praying to God. I will walk within my house in the integrity of my heart. And then verse 4 says, a perverse heart shall depart from me. And I will know no evil. Many times there are people, what do I do with these problems and these things that I'm battling with? Well, here's a word on deliverance. Not only am I going to make a covenant to watch over my eyes, and the eyes are the tunnel into the heart, but it says here that it shall not fasten his grip on me, and, and a perverse heart shall depart from me. If you're battling something, hate, unforgiveness, or, or maybe it's addiction or something like that, you could just rise up in the authority of the name of Jesus and say, it will not fasten its grip on me. I am delivered. My heart is pure. The perverse way, uh, the perverse heart shall depart from me, and I'll give you the glory and the praise. And you see, the Holy Spirit can take that living word and just bring in the truth on the inside of you and start an inner deliverance, just working on your soul and your spirit to set your mind and your heart free so you can just raise your face to heaven and, and just confidence knowing that God is for you and who can be against you. Amen. And the message says they will not cling to me. And so... That's a good scripture. You ought to put a note. That's a good scripture to claim when you're going to work. How many of you work with a bunch of heathens? How many work with a bunch of Christians who act heathen at work? Well, then you could take this scripture and say, it will not grab a hold of me, and the perverse heart will depart from me. And so you just plead the blood of Jesus over you and just thank God that I will. I love it. David says, I will know no evil. I will not be intimately relationed 
with any form of evil because the perverse heart that hungers after those things the natural has departed from me in the name of Jesus. So, man, that is a bunch of truth right there, just that one little part in Psalms 101. So I wanted to give that to you tonight. With us, just come forward. We're going to receive tonight's offerings and tithe. And, and Father, we just come before you, and we thank you that, Lord God, you said the pure and the upright in heart, you will not turn away. You said the pure and the upright in heart, that you shall just shower with your divine favor. And, Lord, the truth sets us free. And we thank you that we come gathered tonight, hunger and thirsting, Lord, after righteousness and walking in your peace and walking in integrity in our homes and in our hearts before you. Father, I pray for those here today of us who are asking you, Father, for areas of our lives to give us the grace wherewith we are able to stand. Thank you that we are no longer, because we're being discipled by your precious word and by the great Holy Spirit, that we're no longer tossed to and fro, hallelujah. But thank you that we're established upon the rock. Therefore, nothing evil can cling to us because we are anointed by that sweet oil of the Holy Spirit. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And the church says, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you tonight in Jesus' name. Circumstances possibly change who I forever am in you. Long <laughs> maybe since my life was changed, long before these rainy days, it's never really ever crossed my mind. Turn my back on you, oh Lord, my only shelter from the storm. But instead, I draw closer through this time. So I pray, bring me joy, bring me peace, bring the chance to be free. Bring me anything that brings you glory. And I know there'll be days when this life brings me pain. But if that's what it takes to praise you, Jesus, bring the rain. Oh, oh, oh. I'm yours regardless of the dark clouds that may loom above because you are much greater than the pain you who made a way for me by suffering your destiny so tell me what's a little rain so i pray bring me joy Bring me peace, bring the chance to be free, bring me anything.
that brings you glory and i know there'll be days when this life brings me pain but if that's what it takes to praise you jesus bring the rain oh, Is the Lord God Almighty? And we sing holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord God Almighty? team a hand. Thank them for their work. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Well, we're glad you're here tonight. We've been speaking for a while now on the importance of discipleship, the importance of discerning the truth. And how many know that this is a time and age where we need to be busy and we're going to see it in God's word, the importance of making it first and foremost. I want to encourage you, uh, this Sunday, I think one of the things I'm going to be speaking about detaching from that is a joy thief and stealer is the spirit of loneliness. And I believe that that's something that even though we have billions of people on the earth, I'm going to share with you the studies of how many people suffer loneliness and even the percentage within the church. And so uh, we want to look at some things there. And if you know someone who's going through trials or something in their life, just encourage them to come along with other things. The Holy Spirit will be sharing Sunday morning. Tonight I want to talk about how many of you desire the truth? Amen. Amen. And so I'm just going to give you a few things we looked over last week. In Proverbs 11:27. you just write these down. And two of the books I recommended was Merchandising the Anointing by Rick Renner. Merchandising the Anointing. I'd recommend that book. It comes in paperback. I'm sure you could get it even used. I get a few books for 83 cents, so I want to encourage you about that. And also uh, the other one by uh, Gary Greenwald, which is uh, Seductions Exposed. Seductions Exposed. And it breaks apart uh, natural soul ties as well as uh, religious soul ties and so forth and so on. Tonight, Proverbs 11:27, the Living Bible says, If you search for good, you will find favor. How many want favor? Then it says, search for good. But if you search for evil, it will find you. 
And I believe that these are some important steps to take to uh, watch as students of the Word of God, that if you search for evil, it will find you. The message says, the one who seeks good finds delight, uh, but the student of evil becomes evil. We, we become what we study, we become what we see, we become what we talk. And so we're going to be seeing some things here tonight, the importance of being a student of good, because I want the favor of God, and I know you do too. You find favor with God when you seek to give your best and good counsel and wisdom to others. And we're going to be speaking about, not only do I need the truth, I need the truth so I can share it with others who are seeking the truth. And uh, I want to go to Proverbs chapter 19. Proverbs chapter 19, and give you a few scriptures here. I'm just doing a little um, work from last week as we get into this tonight. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20. And uh, this is the New Living Translation, Proverbs 19, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20 and 21, it says, Get all the advice and instruction you can. That's why you're here tonight. You're not just Sunday goers, but you're Wednesday night goers, and you study the Word of God daily. It says, get all the advice and instruction you can so that you can be wise the rest of your life. Aren't you thankful that we're promised such wisdom and knowledge and understanding? We don't have to live our life going around doing the same type of mistakes and falling in the same type of pit and, and just seeing life just on a continuing way the way it's been. How many of you want a different type of lifestyle and, that mean, and you don't want to go to Dr. Phil? You want to go to Dr. Jesus, hallelujah, because he can heal and he can deliver. And it says, get all the advice and instruction you can so you can be wise the rest of your life. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purposes will prevail. And that's what we want in our life, that He fulfills His, desire, His desires in our life. So we, saw, we need to pray for discernment. We need to pray for our, our senses and desires to be right. And just continue to dig deep in the Word of God. Proverbs 14.35 says, The king's favor is toward a wise servant. A wise servant is one who loves and walks in the reverential fear of God and is one, and this is one of the translations, is not intended. His desire is not growing in wisdom to glorify himself, but his desire is to see God glorified in his life and in all the lives that he can touch. And we're going to be speaking more about God's heart, and I'm going to be sharing next week how to use the Word of God. I'm going to be using some examples, how to, be, uh, how to identify and see error and, and discern it but we're getting into the heart where on Wednesday nights where I'm going to be speaking the vision of Jesus, which is a ministry of mercy and compassion and love. And how can we be a healing church if we are a wounded church? And so we've got to get a hold of the truth so that we can be healed, so we can help heal others. Because the Bible says to weep with those who weep, but it doesn't mean necessarily to weep because you're just as bad off as they are. But there's a time of weeping, and there's a time of rejoicing. Amen. So we've traded the spirit of sorrow and sighing and heaviness for the spirit of rejoicing in Christ Jesus. It says in Proverbs 22, 11, He that loveth pureness of heart, for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. And I spoke about how God was not ashamed to be called the friend of Abraham. And I know you and I don't want God to be ashamed to say, I'm your friend, I'm, I'm Rick's friend, I'm, I'm Jen's friend, I'm Russell's friend, I'm Chris's friend, I think I'm Chris's friend. And, and so anyway, he loveth the pureness of heart for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. And uh, I love this, and then uh, 
It talks about the king really admires this person because people listen to the king out of law. But the king watches the person of influence because people follow him and listen to them, him and her, because of the pureness of their heart and the sincerity of their heart. And, 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 you know, the world is asking for something to believe in. I heard a rock and roll group sing years ago. We were in, at a restaurant in Argentina, and they had the video. I think it might have been Guns N' Roses or, or one of them old 80s hair band groups. And they sang that song, Give Me Something to Believe In. And Axel Rose was a worship leader who turned and went towards the world. And his life is such a mess now. And it's been a mess for a while, but he once followed the way of the Lord, and I pray he comes back. But this cry in his heart is still, give me something to believe in. And so many people are crying out, give me something to believe in. Give me something that's real. Give me something that's true. And we've had the message down pat, but the church has not lived the message. And so that's why we are being encouraged to be disciples of the word of Jesus Christ so that people will want to heed the word of God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I want to go there tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and just give you something here as we get into this. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. Aren't you glad we're being transformed into the image of Jesus? It's not that the world sees a church building or a denomination or a name or even a figure, but that the world sees Jesus. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. And how many of you know it did the trick? It didn't do the trick. It did the miracle. You know what I mean? But there's just something about many times, you know, well, we got these formulas and we've got this going on. And thank God for all the programs and ministries that we have. But, oh, let's have a church full of people who are imitating God as dear beloved children. And that's what he desires. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. Talking about the wounded. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ I have begotten you, I have begotten you through the gospel. Some people say, you know, why do you have to go to church so much? Because there is a birthing process. And there is a travail process that goes on through the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we're not orphans or we're not just wanderers. But we're rule and reign in this life in Jesus Christ. And Paul is saying you can have a lot of teaching, a lot of instructors but there's something about the spirit of a father or, or the absence of a father who wants to just travail and give you the meat of the word of God. And this is in verse 16. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. And then he goes on to say, for this reason, I have sent Timothy to you. And this is what I want you to see here. I sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. Now, how many of you, we many times when a prophet comes through, we all want a prophecy, and when they start prophesying, everybody sits up in their seat. But how many would love for God to be able to say about you like Paul said of Timothy? And he would say, I'm sending Chris to you. He's my beloved and my faithful son who will remind you of my ways. He's not going to be trying to argue or bring about what he believes but he's going to bring about my ways as I have taught, as Jesus has taught. Wouldn't it be awesome to say, so does Marvin and Sister Sylvia and so many others, to say everyone in Word of Grace teaches what Christ taught. 
and to do, be able to have that said of us and to be the faithful son and daughter. We want to live a life of obedience and living in the word of God. Because how many of you know that there is a shaking going on? How many of you know there is a shaking going on? And he says, I am going to shake everything that, I, that can be shaken. But one of the things I want to talk about tonight as we get into some areas is that Paul says, but I, there's many instructors but few fathers. And how many of you know there's a lot of dysfunction in homes and in the body of Christ? There's a lot of dysfunction. And we can talk about everything on the news, but the truth is many times we're acting like dysfunctional kids uh, in church because we, we don't have the right character. We're, we're not walking in the, in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We're not de de getting deeper into the things of the Word of God. We just want to uh, pass by the skin of our teeth, but we don't ever want to open up the textbook. And you know, you know, you like I might have had friends. I was never one of those. I did not pass elementary and high school. Thank God I did graduate. But I didn't pass because I, I, without opening the textbook, I had to study and study. But yet I had friends. How many of you had friends who never had to open a textbook, but they still passed? Didn't you have to pray for God to help you to forgive them? I mean, they didn't even have to open the textbook, and they passed anyway. But I would have never passed without opening it and doing my homework. Well, how many of you know we're not going to pass the test of life and be accounted as good stewards unto the Lord unless we crack the textbook, the words of Christ, so that we're able to share Christ, who he is, and in his fullness. Amen. We did John Edridge, uh, Wild at Heart, and he said that there's a father wound. And that wound is a wound of rejection and dysfunction. And uh, he says, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken. And because of the things that are happening, even within our country and around the world, our faith and our peace and what we believe and what we thought we believe and what we hold on to is dear and true is going to be shaken. And so we have to be, uh, like the Word of God says, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing asunder the Word of truth, that you know the Word of truth, that you not be deceived or led astray by, by fables or by words of uh, crazy people, but that you're solid in the Word and, and that you're faithful to the Word of God because of the things that are going to be taken. So we want to go from being dysfunction to functional so we can help other people function in their gifts and in their callings. Amen. The fathers wants his children, and I know every father here wants your children to be courageous, to be bold, to be secure, to be strong, to be fearless. And we work on trying to raise our children like that, and we do the best that we can. But the Holy Spirit has been sent to us because the Father wants to build that within you and I. That when things get shaken, everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but that which stands will stand. And that is what he builds. And that's what he's building within you and I, the courage and the strength to stand. And a, a lot of that is going to come by being bold and transpar transparent believers. And the Father is always seeking to bring alignment to his body through his word. So I've got to keep that connection to God alive. Look with me in Psalms chapter 141. Psalms chapter 141. We cannot emphasize the importance of the Word of God enough. We cannot em emphasize enough the scriptures that are sprinkled with the blood of the Lamb that is a living Word, a living covenant. And I'm going to share with you how living it is before we finish tonight. But let me share this with you in Psalms 141. Make sure you get there. Psalms 141, verse 5. How much do you really want to know the Word? How many really want to know the word? How many really want to know the truth? 
no matter what. No matter what. Well, listen to the heartbeat of David. Let the righteous strike me. How many times today in a dysfunctional body? I'm not going in there anymore because I don't like when that preacher starts meddling in my stuff from the pulpit. I don't like it when he talks on that theme. I don't like it when he talks about that area. He's meddling. Had that lady in Argentina come up to me and shake her finger in my, my face. I'll never forget that. You better mind your own business. I said, I'm minding the business of the Lord God. You're a thief. You're a thief. I had two musicians on the platform that were having affairs where they were in sin. And I went to them and I said, don't lie to me. The Holy Spirit's already shown me. I said, now in the name of Jesus, you tell me the truth. Are you having another, uh, or do you have another woman on side? And they both said yes. Well, they both quit the church. And many times when you start sharing the truth and you start sharing why the Holy Spirit gives you, people will not like it. But David says, let the righteous strike me. And that word in the Hebrew means, let them hit me as if it's a club. If it takes not giving me two black eyes to wake me up, wake me up. But don't. Tipple tiptoe around me. I'm not here to hear Tiny Tim through the tulips. I'm here to hear Jehovah Jireh, the line of the tribe of Judah. Amen, church. So he says here, uh, let the righteous strike me, and it shall be kindness. You know, you've got to be cruel to preach like that. No, it's kindness. If I really love you, I'll tell you the truth. And it goes on to say, listen to what David said, and let him rebuke me. Rebuking is not accepted in this century. Rebuking not as part, is not part of the church today. I, you better not rebuke me or me and my tides are out of here. David says, rebuke me. And when you look up in the commentary, David is saying rebuke me because this is what it says in the commentary. He was having thoughts of killing Saul. And he knew he could not touch God's anointing. So he's saying, let somebody hit me upside the head with a stick and rebuke me. And by rebuking me, you're saving me. It says, and let him rebuke me and it shall be an excellent oil. Or in other words, church, I want more of the anointing. And the anointing doesn't necessarily just come because somebody anointed is coming through the church. The anointing can increase by rebuke or a hit or cutting asunder through the soul and the spirit of the word of God. Amen, church. So it says, let him rebuke me and let it be as excellent oil. And let my head not refuse it. Don't let my thoughts and don't let my feelings and don't let my imaginations interfere with the rebuke of the Lord. It's because God loves me, he's rebuking me. And it says, for still my prayer is against the deeds of the wicked. And, and the, the Living Bible, verse 3 says, take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. And I love this, the Living Bible, verse 4. Don't let me drift toward evil or take part in acts of wickedness. wickedness. Don't let me share in the delicacies of those who do wrong. Now here's a man of God who is hunger for truth. Here's a man of God who is saying, I don't want to slip 
I don't want to be falling towards the wrong thing. I don't want my heart to be going towards the things that are evil, the things that are displeasing you. I feel myself slipping, so I'm crying out to you, God. I feel I'm getting cold. I may be getting comfortable. I may be getting judgmental. I may be allowing a root of bitterness or hurt to grow in my heart. So, Lord, whatever it takes, if it takes a rebuke for that root of bitterness to get out of my heart, or whatever I'm going through, then, Lord, whatever it takes, I want the truth so bad, tear me up inside. Tear me up! But I know by you tearing me up is to keep me out of jail. I know by you tearing me up is to keep me out of a wrong relationship. I know by you tearing me up is to keep me from making a wrong decision because if I will listen to instruction, I will be wise for the rest of my life. And that's what David is praying here. And that's why he is wanting to heal his church. And that's why it's so important, the need of accountability. And many people may say, well, you know what? I don't join a church for that. Well, let me just give you this. Don't look it up. John 15, 16 answers that. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And when you, when I have chosen you, I have chosen you according to my heart and my plan and my purpose. And so I have chosen you to bear fruit. And if it has to come through rebuke, if it has to come through exhortation, if it has to come through the word of God, if it has to come through trial, Brother Darrell sing tonight, Jesus, send the rain, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Paul said the same thing. If I've got to suffer with Christ to get my life right, then let the, bring the suffering on. But I want to make sure my life is lined in alignment with the word of God. Amen. So he chose us. Look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Now here's the heart of a father speaking to his son. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. Thank God we sang about amazing grace tonight. Verse 2. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. You need to underline that. You need to write that down. Reliable witnesses. When you're hearing something taught, when you're reading something, I gave you some uh, directions last week, now I'm giving you some directions tonight. Reliable witnesses. Then look what he goes on to say. Now teach these truths. Teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Do you see the will here? Do you see that God wants to heal our soul and develop our spirits and cause us from being dysfunctional to functional and anointed, no matter what it takes to get us in place? Because Paul is saying, listen, Timothy, when I was teaching you, I wasn't just seeing you. I was like Abraham. I was looking at the stars of the heaven. So shall my spiritual children be. I wasn't just thinking about, I'm just helping you, and I'm just not discipling you, Timothy. But by discipling you, I see I'm discipling the people you work with, the people you go to school with, the people you come in contact with, the people that you see depressed in Walmart. I, I am not only building you up, I am building everyone who comes in contact with you that the Holy Spirit opens the door for you to minister to. Man, that is something powerful right there. That now I'll teach you these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. And he goes on to say, endure 
uh, suffering along with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. It talks about not being tied up with the affairs of civilian life and athletes being hard work and, and so forth and so on. And it says in verse 8, always remember that Jesus Christ, the descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. Preach the resurrection. And because I preach the good news, I'm suffering, have been chained like a criminal. Now how many of you know, you start speaking the truth, they're going to get mad at you. How many people get on Larry King and get on TV and they get blasted because the world cannot understand the word of God. And they speak the word, but it's not accepted. But look what he says. I may be cheated like a criminal, but the word of God cannot be chained. The word of God cannot be chained. So he says, I'm willing to endure anything. So how many of you know this, the word of God is just not the word of God. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. Let me show you something. Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. I want to give you something here because this is so important even for work or for maybe a club you belong to or a group you belong to or anything like that. You may say, you know what? I've been witnessing to them bozos for a long time and they're not changing. Okay, look at Acts chapter 17 because... They ran into some bozos here, but look what they did. Acts chapter 17, verse 10. Acts chapter 17, verse 10 says, That very night the believers sent Paul and Silas to Berea. And they arrived there and they went to the Jewish synagogue and the people of Berea who were, who were more open-minded. Who were more open-minded. Jesus says, if you go into a place and they don't receive it, wipe your feet off and go to another place. Listen, if you have not been accepted, if you have been ridiculed, if you have been hurt for the gospel's sake and Christ's sake, rejoice. But you don't have to camp out there. There's some open-minded people somewhere that the Holy Spirit wants to lead you to. Don't get hurt and don't close up because someone didn't listen to you. Family, friend, or uh, co-worker. You just believe God like right here. These people were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. And they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They listened eagerly. Now listen to what he goes on to say. They searched. Say searched. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas was teaching the truth. And as a result, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek women and men, they searched the scriptures daily to see if it be the truth. That's what we have to do to get the truth in our heart, to know the truth, believe the truth, and the faith to grow in the area of the truth, and then to interpret it and give it to others. But sometimes at work or family, sometimes just telling your testimony, that's a start. But sometimes you've got to say, you know what, I'm going I'm to start a Bible study. And even if it's just one or two, if you daily open up that word of God. I worked for an offshore company called Solids Control back in the uh, late 70s and early 80s in Opelousas. And I worked with roughnecks, and they cursed me, and they, they taped up my Bible one time, and uh, they'd, get me, they'd, they'd get me when I'd go to the restroom, they'd get me with the steam cleaner that they use on ships, and they, they cursed me out and did things. But I kept my Bible and I kept preaching. And do you know that one by one, the meanest, his name was Rooster. That was his nickname. The meanest to the least meanest 
would start coming to me crying. My wife left me. I told her my veal. And they start coming. Where did you say? Hey, where did you say your church was at? And all that time they've been persecuting and laughing, mocking, and cursing me out, which was good practice for the mission field. But you know what? If a 17-year-old kid could do it, you can do it. And when I went and gave my resignation to go to Honduras, my boss says, Russell, he offered me a big amount of raise. He says, you know, we want you to stay. He says, I'll give you this a raise, and we will build you a pulpit in the warehouse so you can keep on preaching to us. It's true. I'm telling you the truth. But you open the word daily, and you minister that word. And sooner or later, the least one, the one who used to persecute, is now going to be the one preaching. Paul, Saul to Paul. So they searched it daily. Um, we won't go there. Exodus 33, 15 through 16. God says, I've called you to be a separate people, to, to be different than others. Look with me in Colossians 1, 28. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. Just keep preaching that word. Keep preaching that word. You know, sometimes the word bold means to be hard-headed. Determined. Jacob held on and wrestled the angel all day, and he got his promise. Sometimes you just got to grab a hold of that person in prayer and in the spirit and determination and not let them go. I guess God just put something on the inside of me, but I know I was in third grade, and uh, my best friend growing up, his name was Troy. But it took me over three months to win that boy over. He rode our bus, and I got off before him. And every day I'd, I'd, I'd walk by and I'd say, Bye, Troy. And he wouldn't even look at me. Stuck up. Knew his cousin. And uh, I'd say, bye, Troy. Wouldn't talk to me. In the morning, good morning, Troy. Wouldn't talk to me. But you know what? Some reason there was something inside of me. You can ignore me, but you know what? I ain't giving up on telling you hello. And you know what? After a while, I remember on the way back home, I, stu- I remembered. He told me hello back, and I remember getting off that bus. Rocky. Dun, 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 dun. I won. And we became friends, and we were at each other's house all the time and all that. And I found out later, two of my best friends, one guy was Kevin and the other guy was Troy, and they both became preachers uh, just like I did. And Troy became a preacher. But I was determined. I ain't letting you go. Just because you don't answer me for a few months, I'm going to be more hard-headed than you. And I think the church needs to get a little bit more bulldogish and not let go. Sister Jen, she don't have to go to uh, Shreveport and stand in front of that abortion clinic all the time. She, she got attacked the other day real bad and per- all the persecution and the cuss words thrown. She said, you know what? I don't have to give up my Saturday after working a hard week to do that and put up with that. But you know what? She's hard-headed in the Christian way. And guess what? She's going back this Saturday, right? Going back. I'll stand up there, going to pray. Oh, Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus, and we thank you for stopping abortion. I'll stand up there and repent for killing, shedding the blood, innocent blood of babies. Why? We're not quitters. We don't give up. Amen. So Colossians 1.28 in the New King James Bible says, Him we preach. Now, if he's the resurrection and the life, you keep preaching him, and something's going to raise up. Something's going to arise. It'll start off maybe with persecution, but sooner or later, the spirit of resurrection is going to come alive somewhere. And it says, in him we preach, warning every man. 
and teaching every man in all wisdom. You've got to get in the Word to get the wisdom. That we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. How many of you know Paul took it seriously? Amen. Watch, watching, uh, warning, teaching, and presenting. Now, one of the things, like what he's doing, you could just write this. Look with me in uh, Psalms 41, verse 4. I think we better get along pretty good in time. Psalms 41, verse 4. I believe some of you are going to just touch some lives and see such transformation and glorify the Father in doing it. In 1 Samuel, I'm sorry, in Psalms 41, verse 4, look what David says here. I said, Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul. Say that with me. Heal my soul. See, there's that, I'm coming back to that dysfunctional part, that hurt, that pain. That so is your emotions, your mind, your will, your intellect. If you are hurting in any area, David says, wait a minute, just because I feel this way doesn't mean I'm going to just give up on sharing and singing and writing about you. Heal my soul so I can even share with my enemies about your word. And listen, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 22, 2, that everyone that was in debt, distressed, and discontent, went to him in the cave. And the man who was crying out for mercy, saying, heal my soul, ended up turning 300 discontent, indebted people into the mightiest warriors that ever lived. You can do the same thing, brother and sister. Yes, sister. Sister? Sisters? You can do it too. Just don't go, come on, honey, I encourage you. No, you can do it too. The world needs everybody right now. Amen. So God wants to heal the unhealed church, the deep wounds. And how many of the cross heals? Amen. The Good Samaritan, we won't look at it, Luke 10, 34. It says he bandaged the wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And it says he brought him to the end. And remember this, he took care of him. He took care of him. One of the things I want to encourage you. Just like we've been talking these scriptures about Paul saying, I'll give you the word that I want you to give to others and then I want them to give to others. Give them to trustworthy people. Because whoever you bring to church, you need to realize you're not bringing them and say, Pastor, they're yours. No, no, no. You brought them to church. You are the good Samaritan. You need to take care of them. You need to call them and say, where have you been? Because you see, you know their name better than I do. Uh, you, you know more about them. Uh, you're in touch with them somehow. So I, I want to encourage you and tell you every one of you are a minister of the gospel. If you're born again, you are a minister and a witness and called to be a witness to go forth and bring forth fruit. And so the Samaritan, he didn't owe that beat up, wounded guy nothing. The enemy. But he took care of him himself. And so that's one of the things that we've got to get the truth so we can pour into the hurting and we can help them. We won't look at this, but Ezekiel 34, 4 says, Strengthen the diseased. Strengthen the diseased. We do that with the Word of God in prayer. Heal the sick. The Word of faith, the prayer of faith, heals the sick. Bind, like the Good Samaritan, the brokenhearted. Search for those who are driven away. Seek after those who are lost. How many of you know, how many here are, is exempt from challenges? Anybody here doesn't have any challenges? 
How many of you know people have challenges? You know, sometimes you may not see them at church because they're going through some challenges. You, and we may not know what they are, but they're going through some challenges, and they need somebody to seek after them, to reach out to them. You know, if we're just coming to receive, that's the problem with America. We, we be, form a club, and we're never reaching out to the hurt and the dying people. And Jesus always, he says, I can't eat right now. Why? I've got the lost. The fields are as wide as harvest. I've got the lost on my side. The meat is to do my Father's will. And so we see here the importance of just crying out to strengthen diseased, heal the sick, bind the brokenhearted, search for those who are driven away, seek after those who are lost. And uh, look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Well, you know, I've got to go to seminary to do that. I've got to be prepared and all that. Well, that's what we're doing in the Word of God every time we come. But you can also do something also. 2 Timothy chapter 3. What can you do? Here it is in the scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. God can inspire you with his word. A word to give to somebody. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped in every good work. We started off in Proverbs about seeking good. And we just continue seeing through the word of God. The importance about the word of God. Amen. Now 3 John 2 says. I belo- beloved I wish above all things that you prosper. As your soul prospers. Say soul prospers. Look with me in Proverbs chapter 23. I'm coming to an end here. Proverbs 23. Verse 7. Proverbs 23 verse 7. Hallelujah. This is good. What did I say? I thought I said that. But you know what? Let's go to Psalm 16. That was Lamyot. Y'all read that when y'all get home. Go to Psalm 16. (laughs) Psalm 16, verse 7. Look at this. Please look at this. Look at this. This, uh, uh, You come for an answer tonight? Here you go. You don't get anything else. Get this. Psalm 16, verse 7. I will bless the Lord who gives me, has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night season. Every night, my heart instructs me. Whoa. What do you go to bed with on your mind? The truth teaches us even while we are asleep. Even while we are asleep, the Spirit of God is speaking to our spirit because God never slumbers or sleeps. And we wonder, you know, why is this day going so bad? Well, how did you end last night before you went to sleep? Thank you that you have given me counsel, O Lord. That I am connected to such the supernatural and a living word and the spirit of Christ. That even while I sleep, you care so much about my tomorrow and about my decisions. That even while I sleep, there is a voice speaking on the inside of me and preparing me for whatever will arise. For whatever is coming my way. 
I ended the night. I opened your word and I received your counsel and I praised you and I blessed you. I didn't go to sleep with Bill O'Reilly that the spin stops here. I went to sleep with the written word of God, the sword of the spirit, that which gives me hope and prepares me for my tomorrows. And even while I go to sleep, your word is so powerful. It's instructing me and it's keeping me, it's speaking to me and it's preparing me for whatever may come up the next day. Is that powerful or is that powerful? Now look at Psalms 139. Psalms 139, verse 14. Look at David's attitude here. Psalms 139, verse 14. I will praise you. Say that with me. I will praise you. You see, that's how we've got to end every day, and that's how we have to start every day. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well now this is not a dysfunctional spirit of orphan child speaking here this is not a person who prays now father if it be your will this is a person who has studied the word of god and know that this is the will of god i've studied your truth while I am awake, I've meditated and I shared with you precepts last week about meditation and other things. And I've meditated and I have walked and I have studied your word in such a way. And I will praise you for I am wonderfully made and marvelous are your works. And my soul knows very well. And is that type of courage and is that type of, of faith and is that type of knowing they that know their God, Daniel eleven thirty two. they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Why? I, my soul knows very well, not just my mind. I don't have to hype myself up and I don't need somebody to hype me up I'm already kicking on the inside I already got fire shut up in my bones and you just got to open the door Holy Ghost now I'm going to speak the word that needs to be spoken and I'm going to say it is written Satan in the name of Jesus every time you rise up against me I'm going to say because my soul knows very well it is written and you could come against me with all the temptation the lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh and the pride of life but just like Christ was able to conquer all three temptations of Satan in a weary, tired atmosphere, the Spirit of God is going to be available on the inside of you, and that my soul is not wounded and hurt, is not wanting to run and hide, is not even giving excuses, is not having a pity party, is not going around looking for people in the church to have a pity party with me. My soul knows very well that I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. My soul knows very well that he shall perfect that which concerns me my soul knows very well he has given me the keys of the kingdom that wherever I bind is bound whatever I loose is loose my soul knows very well that when I lay hands on the sick they are going to recover my soul knows very well his angels are encamped about me my soul knows very well no evil or harm shall come die my dwelling my soul knows very well the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want he restores my soul he leads me, he guides me, he protects me. My soul knows very well that in all of these things, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. But you got to put it in you. And you got to let the Holy Spirit speak inside of you. And you got to stir it up and praise him and worship him with the living word of God for it to come up on the inside of you. Sometimes you need to be your own prophet. 
And you've got to say, I'm speaking about my tomorrow. I'm speaking about my children. I'm, uh, and even from another state, someone can speak the name of your child, can say the name of your child, and say the name of your child, and that the things that are coming to pass. I tell you, we live in a supernatural realm that we are not subject to the things of this earth. Oh, but praise God, we can walk in another plane, and we can hear a voice that echoes from the beginning of time that says that we are a peculiar people, a holy nation, separated under God, a, a people who are known by God. <laughs> and my soul knows very well. Did you hear what's going to happen? My soul knows very well. Are you worried about what's going to happen? My soul knows very well. But listen, it just doesn't come by being a member of a church, but a connected part of the body and connected to the headship of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, let me finish with this example. Matthew 16, 23. You don't have to turn there. This is an example about how Jesus, and we're talking about this, Jesus was able to discern mixture. And what I mean by mixture, in this same chapter, Peter says, Thou art the Son of God. And a few minutes later, Jesus is rebuking him because he's coming against the will of God for his life. Jesus could discern the mixture of error and truth, the natural and the will of God. And so we, when we're hearing counsel and instruction and the word of God, you say, I'm just not sure about what I heard tonight. Then you go to the scriptures and you search out the scriptures until you know in your soul, that's what it says, and I can't find, though I heard something else, this is what it says, and I'm going to believe it, I'm going to hold on to this. But we have to be careful in these days that we do identify the mixture because error and deception came out of the same person. And I'll finish. First Thessalonians 5.21, it says, Test all things and hold fast to that which is, and here's our word again, good. Hold fast to that which is good. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and stand up. Hallelujah. Did you get something out of this? Hallelujah. Now, I've just been sharing with you line upon line, precept upon precept. I've just been sharing with you.